All right, now we are live. Uh, the World Economic Forum's Davos 2023 conference is in full swing. World and business leaders from around the globe are meeting in the mountain countryside of Switzerland to talk about everything from climate change and ener energy policy to an artificial intelligence and robotics. However, we are being told that there's very important work being done, uh, but... We're also being told that this is just a conspiracy theory. There's nothing to see here. Everyone turn your attention to something more interesting. Also, Greta Thunberg was arrested in Germany during a protest. We're going to be talking about all of this and more in episode 381 of the In the Tank podcast. Welcome to the In the Tank podcast. As always, I'm your host, Donald Kendall. And today, joining me, got the full crew. Got Jim Lakely, VP of the Heartland Institute. How are you doing today? Good, sir. I'm doing okay. I just think I need to issue a warning. I am just brimming with negative energy right now. Uh, some people on this podcast, I think, understand. I got a little bit of that late, uh, lately. So I just want to just uh, warn everybody that, uh, yes, I'm, I'm in a very negative space right now, which means uh, I'm kind of in my element. So perfect for the pot. <laughs> Yeah, right. So you could expect the gym rants to be on full effect. Also joining us, Justin Haskins, the uh, director of the Socialism Research Center here at the Heartland Institute. How are you doing today? Good, sir. Uh, doing well. How are you guys doing? Wondrous, wonderful, fabulous. Chris Talgo, the editorial director at the Heartland Institute. See, I have my notes and I know everyone's titles now. Chris Talgo, how are you today? I'm doing a lot better than Alec Baldwin is, I can tell you that much, oh, considering gosh. the fact that this is going to be the trial of the century. I, I can't wait. Oh, Get your popcorn be, ready. You think it's going to be a trial? You're so naive. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I, I think he's going to plead not guilty. He won't take He won't take some sort of plea deal. Come on. He's Alec Baldwin. I, this I is, thought this we is going to be a great trial. I can't wait. I thought we did all trials in the court of public opinion. I didn't know that we actually Well, had he's it. guilty in my eyes. I mean, obviously. <laughs> Before we get going, audio-only listeners that are probably catching the show on a Friday or later, you can join us a day earlier on Thursdays at noon Central Time, where we are streaming on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Rumble, and you can join the conversation, put in your comments and questions. Maybe we'll show your comment on stream. Maybe we'll address your questions on the fly and... Uh, assuming we still have the system that we had set up for last week, we do have super chats active. So if you want to guarantee that your question is read first, don't put anything in there. That's going to get us banned. But secondly, use that super chat function and we'll make sure to address your question. Um, also a little more housekeeping items. The, the, uh, Heartland Institute's 15th international conference on climate change is what five weeks away, Jim. Probably gives you nervous sweats, me just saying that. Uh, but I know that you are hard at work trying to line up all the different guests and panels and keynote speeches and all the different logistical issues that go along with holding a conference on the other half of the country. Anything you want to say about this upcoming event, Jim? Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, a little bit more than 30 days away. It's pretty exciting. Uh, there's uh, You can still get your tickets and, and join us down there in sunny Orlando, Florida in February. It's a pretty decent place to be in February if you're from around here, although it has been a pretty mild winter here in Chicagoland. I'm sure I just jinxed us and now we're just going to get a snowstorm coming. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a fantastic conference. Um, for, for those of you who are really interested in the topic of, uh, of climate change, you might know the name Richard Lindzen. Um, he, in fact, uh, if you're, if you're a fan of Jordan Peterson and watch his YouTube channel, he was recently interviewed for a nice long interview on, uh, the, basically the bias and the corruption of science, uh, with, uh, Dick Lindzen. He's a retired, um, scientist and professor at MIT, and, uh, he is going to be on our program. So we just, uh, we just booked that, uh, last week. So you just keep checking, uh, climate conference at dot heartland.org, or you can just go to heartland.org. We have a link to the, to the conference right there on the front page. And, uh, I'm updating the speaker list and the schedule almost daily. So, uh, it's going to be a fantastic conference. Hope to see a lot of you there. 
Absolutely. Someone that probably won't be there, but probably did get an invite is uh, Greta Thunberg, our favorite climate activist, or at least Justin's favorite climate activist. She was making headlines because she was detained by German police while protesting a coal mine this past week. The Internet was all abuzz about this teenager. She's still technically a teenager standing up to the overlords, even in the face of arrest. What a champion of Earth. What a warrior of the world. What a crusader for the climate. What a crock of crap this is, everybody. This is such a joke. Uh, Jim, I know, has a clip uh, that that makes it seem that, that this was like a publicity stunt to provide the event more attention. Um, I mean, that's kind of what it seems like to me. I don't know how possible that is. We'll, we will play that clip. Uh, we will get to that. But I have another reason to blast St. Greta on this. Germany is the country that was listening most to Greta's green energy, keep it in the ground BS. They were the ones that were shutting down coal power plants and constructing as much wind and solar as possible because of these alarmist uh, messages that come from people like Greta. But guess what? Like we've talked about a billion times on this podcast, that is not sustainable. This type of plan led to energy shortages, dependence on Russian energy. So now that they aren't getting much energy from Russia anymore and the wind isn't blowing sometimes, Germany had to start digging for coal again. It's either that or freeze and starve to death. So now Greta is swimming in publicity for protesting a situation that she helped create. Like I said, this is all BS, and I can't can't believe that she is getting so much attention over that. How uh, Chris, dare you? <laughs> yeah, sorry, Greta. Chris, am I off on any of this? No, you're not. Not at all. Uh, my mom <clears throat> was born and raised in Germany, and we still have a lot of family over there that we keep in contact with. And uh, throughout Germany, there are uh, energy shortages. Uh, they've stopped um, keeping the uh, streetlights on at night in order to preserve energy. I mean, that's just one example I could come up with, you know, countless more. But yeah, Germany uh, 20, 20 years ago or so went on this, uh, this you know, uh, green energy um, strategy. And they shut down not only other coal power plants, but they also shut down their nuclear power plants. After what happened in Japan, even though last time I checked, Germany is basically a landlocked country. So there's no chance of tsunamis there, but, you know, go figure. So, yeah, Germany has gone all in on the uh, renewable energy, you know, uh, bonanza here. And what's happened is now they are facing massive energy shortages. The people are freezing. The people need more energy. So Germany has uh, finally reluctantly agreed to reopen some of their coal-fired power plants and uh, good old Greta goes there to protest it and uh, it becomes a, you know, a, a media, um, you know, uh, you know, session. So I, she's, she, she just, she, she doesn't, she doesn't uh, really deserve this kind of attention, but she keeps getting it. Uh, Justin, what are your thoughts on this situation? Unfortunately, we, you know, we're, we're probably our, our, our news feeds are inundated with this type of stuff because of the line of work we're in. But uh, yeah, you, you getting sick of seeing Greta's face yet? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been sick of her face for a long time, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I've said this before. I'll say it again whenever Greta comes up. You know, I think you guys are too hard on Greta. Um, I think that she's clearly wildly delusional and has some serious issues and, um, you know, all of that, but I think that she actually believes we're all going to die. Right. And so, right. you know, I don't, I don't think the things that you're talking about matter. It doesn't matter, Chris, if there are people in Germany who are having trouble keeping the lights on, if the alternative is everybody dies in 50 <laughs> years. You know, uh, it doesn't matter if, uh, you know, coal-fired power plants affordable if everyone's going to be dead in 50 years or 100 sure. years or whatever. So, like, if you start from the underlying – with the underlying assumption that everyone's going to die, then almost anything that you do, no matter how crazy it is, seems – actually – Actually, I mean, you could make the argument that the crazier you are, the more rational that seems if sure. the threat that you're facing is everybody's dead. So I just don't I, I think it, I think it all starts there. It all starts with do you believe we're all going to die? So I would rather I, I would rather have some I, everybody on the left if they're going to be logically consistent, should be like Greta. They should all be chaining themselves to things and they should all be skipping school all right. and they should all be uh, yelling at people 
and whatever because in sailing across the ocean in boats instead of taking planes like that's what they should be doing so i mean that that to me is 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 really if you're going to adopt that position then you got to live it and she actually does to at least more than most other people just to a large extent she does live it so i don't have any problem with her really i have a problem with her beliefs but i don't really have a problem with the way that she's trying to live it in you know in conjunction with those beliefs that makes sense i I will say that brian brian stelter who we're going to talk about later if he followed that advice and was protesting in the coal mine there they'd probably need a few more than three police officers to drag him (laughs) off the scene but uh but uh so after the initial just real quick i think justin's you know completely right i i think that uh Greta's basically a pawn and she's being used and abused by, you know, these people with nefarious intentions and she is a troubled child. And we know that. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, really attacking her. I'm attacking the position that she's standing for and that she's being used to, uh, you know, to forward, even though she's completely dead wrong about it. So, and, and just real quick. So I actually think that in recently she's kind, she's, she's realized that she's been used as a pawn. I don't even think she would disagree with that. I think she knows that she's been used as a pawn. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna think use that's that why as, she's. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm going to use that as a uh, uh, a segue to our main topic. But I know where you're mm-hmm. going with that. But I do want to bring up that after the initial flood of images of her being carried off by the German police, there was more footage that came out that I referenced earlier, showing that this seems to be more or less a publicity stunt. Uh, Jim, do you care to take us through that? We could probably play the video while you're talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I don't know. Uh, look, the, the video, um, I'll put it up, Andy, if you're not ready to go. There we go. So, so yeah, so here she is in the video and she's smiling and laughing with her, with her uh, captors here. Um, uh, it's a summer camp. Just fine. They're just the yeah. counselors that are, you know, pulling yeah. out of the pool. <laughs> First of all, you, you apparently need an entire platoon of riot police to uh, to abscond a uh, ninety pound, nineteen uh, year old girl or something, you know, uh, to, to remove her. And so, but what I love about this clip is that you have, you know, here we're going to pose for the pictures. We're going to wait. All right, with the photographers, I got to get the light right. So, oh, that guy in the background, you better beat it. And then here she is laughing, and I put it in slow mo in the clip because, like, you know, this is her. You know, most people get arrested or not laughing with their captors. You know, I'm just that's all I'm saying. So it, it maybe, maybe it was a uh, publicity stunt. And it reminds me when I saw that, it reminded me of uh, when AOC was arrested for a um, abortion rights protest at the Supreme Court when they marched her off too, and she put her hands behind her back to <laughs> pretend that she was handcuffed. It was really being arrested. And <laughs> and then she puts her hands up in the, in the power salute. But like, yeah, her hands are behind her back. Here it is in slow-mo, you know, as if she's being arrested, like, you know, like Martin Luther King or somebody. Uh, you know, these people are, are, are laughing as they, as they put on these fake publicity stunts. Uh, and, and they're just laughing at us with their smug little faces. And yeah. the, the, the problem with this is that the media and our governments are all complicit in this, in these publicity stunts to advance a very anti-human agenda. Um, Chris, you, you noted that Germany used to have lots of nuclear plants that provided all the energy they needed. And if you actually cared about carbon-free power generation, you would be building more nuclear plants, not taking them, not taking them all offline. Germany had 17 nuclear power plants um, before Fukushima, they now have three. So even the ones they have are not enough to power up uh, that country. And so we have, so now they have to go to coal because you can't just build another nuke site or get it ramped up again, like in a month. You can do that with a coal fire power plant. So that's why they're digging up coal out of the ground. And the problem with Greta being used as a, as a pawn, uh, our friend Steve Malloy calls Greta um, uh, a Putin puppet you know, Putin puppet Greta. Uh, the problem with this is that it's that she's being used, but she's willingly used because she got famous from it. She's probably getting quite wealthy from it. And it's being used to advance this very anti-human agenda that governments want to impose on the rest of us. There will be scarce energy, but not for them. There will be food shortages, but not for them. It's the rest of us that have to have our way of life and our, our, our quality of life and our standards of living diminished greatly 
so that they can exert more control over us. And so I don't have any sympathy at all for Greta because, you know, again, and she even said the other day, what was it that like, this is really all about imposing social global socialism, that this is what this is all about anyway. So yeah, uh, I may have once at one time felt sorry for, for her when she was a teenager being manipulated by all of these powerful people, but they have used that, they have used her to to cudgel the rest of the world, how could how dare you? As she as she famously said, um, to to try to impose sensible energy policy, policy that actually works, that will provide enough energy for a modern society. And if and again, if these if these green radical nut jobs were actually interested in reducing CO two emissions, they would have been encouraging nuclear power in Germany, not destroying it all, and now leading to blackouts. But they don't care about that. They don't really care about the environment. They care about um, uh, con command and control over the largest population that they can get their hands on. Yeah, no, and, and I think that's kind of what the relationship like uh, uh, was with Greta and these people that are at meeting in Davos right now, where they they're like, oh yeah, she's this superstar and she's leading these little uh, school protests where they walk out on Fridays for climate justice or something like that. Let's bring her over to Davos and and you know we can have her talk and inspire all the youth and all of that. And, and in reality, these Davos people, they don't really care about any of this. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty exemplified by all the private jets and everything that we've talked about a million times, whatever. Um, but uh, so they brought her in. And then what does she do? She chastises them for doing all talk and no action and accuses them of not actually believing what they're saying. And that's where the famous like, how dare you stuff comes from was one of these Davos appearances. And then I think it was last year that uh, she was like out front leading a chant of like, you could shove the climate crisis up your, you know, you know where or whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think like after that, there's like, don't invite that Greta girl anymore. Send her to Germany for publicity stunts if we wanted to have her like champion this cause anymore. But that does lead us. That's why I wanted to bring up, uh, use that as a segue to talk about our main topic, which is what is currently going on in Davos, Switzerland. It is their annual World Economic Forum Davos conference that is, uh, you know, currently hosting what, like thousands of world leaders and business leaders from across the world and their little posh escape where they can go skiing and have uh, ladies of the night for <laughs> whatever Sorry, article. That, that's yeah, for that 2,500 really bucks. Article. Yeah. Yeah. That was 2,500. It was about it's, it's uh, the economy. <laughs> yeah. Donnie is referring to, I think it might've been New York post. I can't New remember. Post. Somebody yeah. did an article about uh, how the prostitute business is doing really well in Davos right now. And there's all these ads for $2,500 a night prostitutes and stuff because you know, they're top of the line. So they get the, big money. <laughs> right. um, so, you know, that's, that's fun. That's right. That's why that's why everyone clamors to go over there. It's not because of uh, you know, we've we've got to unite and protect the world against this evil scourge of of capitalism and, and carbon dioxide or anything like that. It's like, no, it's a fun escape for them. They get to go skiing, have some fun or whatever, you know, and they may have to sit and do a panel or something like no, that. That's no, no, you, you can do both. You can save the world and be with prostitutes. Good it's point. Possible. Good point. I, I, I should yeah. be fair. I should be fair. Yeah. So, of course, uh, us being some of the leading voices on exposing the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset, ESG, etc., we've been paying pretty close attention to this conference. The theme of the conference seems to be the year of the poly crisis. Uh, we're being told that between COVID and climate change and the war in Ukraine, that we're basically dealing with a bunch of stuff simultaneously from all sides. And we've been watching the panels listening to Klaus Schwab speak, reading the articles that have stemmed from the conference, and I've derived some kind of interesting conclusions about what's going on here. So, uh, you know, we have plenty to talk about in regards to the conference, but I feel like there's a meta theme of this conference, and that meta theme of the conference is don't listen to all the conspiracy theories about us. I really think that is like the key message. You won't see that in their in their press release about this conference. You won't see that on their landing page for this conference. But I think that that is kind of the meta theme for this entire conference. So there's a lot of stories uh, uh, that are coming out. If you if you just Google like Davos, you'll see a whole bunch of these stories. I'm just going to read off a bunch of headlines for you. This is just a small fraction of the headlines that'll pop up. CNN, Davos conspiracy theories used to live on the fringe corners of the internet. Now they've gone they've gone mainstream. AP News, the elites arrive in Davos. Conspiracy theories thrive online. Uh, Canadian Broadcasting Company, conspiracy theories 
Thrive Online as World Economic Forum opens. Time Magazine as elites writhe in Davos conspiracy theories thrive online. It's like they're all reading from the same press release and generating these articles that are all about these crazy conspiracy theories. Yes, I know all the most important and influential people around the world are meeting in Davos to talk and all of that, but ah, don't pay too much attention. It's all conspiracy theories to pay any attention to that. And there's a couple of things that uh, are in in these articles. They all kind of repeat some of the same stuff. Uh, one of the proofs of this conspiracy is the fact that Fox News is talking more and more about the Great Reset over the past couple of years. That's proof of a conspiracy. <laughs> there's, there's a paragraph here that says, take Glenn Beck, for example. I think this <laughs> is in the CNN video. Take Glenn Beck, for example, the right-wing media personality who wrote a conspiratorial book called The Great Reset, playing off the World Economic Forum's 2020 COVID theme, mocked the idea on Tuesday that con conspiracy theories circulate uh, around the event while simultaneously giving oxygen to some of those very conspiracies when he interviewed a guest who claimed unchallenged that the gathered world leaders, quote, want you to eat insects rather than meat. So, Justin, as the person that that article is probably referring to... <laughs> not. That's oh, yeah, not that was, me. That was Wednesday, wasn't it? You were yeah, on. no, that, wa that wasn't me. I think he might actually be referring to Michael Schellenberger, who was also on the show, uh, and I think he was on the show later in the week. Okay. Um, and... Um, yeah, because I didn't. I don't remember talking about crickets. Although you and I have done a whole video just specifically, I think, on that topic, right? So, Wasn't so it... let, before I before I let you comment on all of this, <laughs> I will say that I am like very sensitive to conspiracy theories and stuff. Mm -hmm. I know I've I know about conspiracy theories. I know how they can metastasize. And one of the things was like this: they want you to eat bugs thing. We did a whole video on this, yeah. and it's just like, all right, I'm gonna look into it myself. And it didn't take me long to find no. like a dozen articles on the world Just economic Google forum it. talking about the benefits of eating bugs. So yeah. it's not a conspiracy theory, oh. but Justin, uh, what, what are your thoughts about all this rash of, ah, oh, it's just a conspiracy to pay attention to these people talk. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, I guess what confuses me is so there, there definitely are conspiracy theories that are related to Davos and to the world economic forum. A lot of them I think have to do with, um, you know, like, did, was was COVID created by the World Economic Forum or the people associated with it to release on purpose into the world in order to cause all these problems? Like, that would be one conspiracy theory I've heard, and and there are and there are others, you know, um, and you know they definitely exist, but the, the conspiracy theories exist about everything. I mean, there are people who believe that uh, the world is really flat and that there's this massive conspiracy to convince everybody that the Earth is not flat. There's conspiracies about the moon landing. There's conspiracies about uh, all kinds of different stuff, right? So that doesn't mean that the moon doesn't exist, right? <laughs> or that people, you know, like, obviously it does. It also, like, 9-11 was an inside job. That's a conspiracy theory. That's, that's, a, that's not true. I don't believe that's true. But 9-11 happened. So, like, the idea that we can just, you know, say, well, because there's people talking about conspiracies around an event, that means the event must not be real, is ridiculous. Right. Of course, uh, all conspiracies are based at least in a little bit of reality. That's, that's, it's not like we're creating conspiracies based on completely fictional worlds with fictional people in them. They involve right. real people and real worlds and real things happening. And, and real then, quotes that we, yeah, that we directly quote. Right. Well, saying. and that's the crazy thing. So the stuff that is real about the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset is so incredibly well documented that to say that it is not, that it is obviously not true is completely ludicrous. All you have to do is read the quotes, read right. the research, read the, they're, they're not, they don't hide it at all. It's not some it, it's not hard to prove. It literally is on you could you could find most of what the what what they would say is conspiracy theory. You could find most of that well documented on just one website on yeah, the World the Economic, Economic Forum's website. website. That's all you have to do. Just go there and read a, a bunch of different articles from them and you will find almost anything uh, that you can think of on there. So I don't, I don't really even understand what I'm they're gonna, saying. I'm gonna, 
I'm going to give you another uh, um, opportunity to talk about this because I have another article later that, that I want you to comment on. But Chris, the corporate media, have they been paying attention to this Davos thing at all? And if <laughs> so, you... is, it in, is it in the context of, ah, this is all just conspiracy theory talk? No, they're not even they're not even mentioning it. They are really? completely obsessed with George Santos right now and you know, <laughs> all his shenanigans, which I wouldn't go into. But uh, Donnie, I, I think this shows how thin skinned they are. And, uh, you know, just how hypersensitive they are, because as Justin said, this is all on their website. They have made speeches about this. We have them quoted saying all these things. But then when you say it in public, it's don't say that you're a conspiracy theorist. It's it's crazy. I, I, I just I don't know what to make of it. Beside the fact that the mainstream media wants to protect them. And these people have a tendency to say things and write things on their website that are outrageous and nonsensical and Sometimes, you know, the, the the people get onto it, they catch onto it. And what happens uh, most of the time on the World Economic Forum, it's just it's just memory hold. It just sure. disappears. So they have yeah. quite a history of taking down links and, and uh, you know, uh, st and, and stories that, uh, you know, are basically, you know, uh, being mocked in the press. Because if there's one thing these people don't like, it's when you mock them. Right. Yeah, Jim, you and I you and I had a similar thought almost simultaneously last night. Uh, I, I took a look at some of the panels, uh, not a whole lot of striking titles to the panels. Uh, I watched a couple and only took a couple of notes. There was nothing too thrilling in the panels I watched. Then I watched Klaus Schwab's opening speech for the conference, and it was it was mostly boilerplate, uninspiring rhetoric that you expect to hear from these guys. The world's in crisis, climate change, war in Ukraine, but this gives us an opportunity, and if we all can manage to work together, then we can overcome, blah, 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 blah. It was like the same old stuff that you always hear. And that's when the thought struck me. Uh, is this entire year's conference dedicated to dispelling the idea that these people have aims to control the world? <laughs> like, is, is that the, is it, like, that was what I came up with last night. It, it, it was almost as if they're like trying to be so bland this year in an effort to go back to flying under the radar. And then last night I checked my email and I see a comment from you saying essentially the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So I have that right. You have you have that right. Yeah, I think I think they're trying to bore us to death so that we'll stop paying attention to them. Uh, right. You know that seems to be a pretty reasonable conspiracy theory, or also known as explanations uh, for what's going on. But yeah, this whole conspiracy theory stuff. I mean, it's it's maddening because, as Justin pointed out, if we can quote things you've put on your own website and talk about them, and not even extend the logic of what you've put on your website very far, not very far at all, just reading. What is on your website? Just playing videos that say you will own in the future, you will own nothing. You will have no privacy and you'll never be happier. That's their vision of the world. When you point out things, when you point out stuff like Klaus Schwab bragging that he has installed that that acolytes from his training of them on how to be a great globalist leader. He has these people. Um, he brags that they're now in positions of power, like Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada, Jacinda Ardern, who just resigned as uh, prime minister of New Zealand, all over Europe and over the globe. He has people that he has trained into this agenda, this globalist agenda, and has them in positions of power. That's not a conspiracy theory when he says it himself and you happen to repeat it and put it out there. Um, you know, they, they're calling it a conspiracy theory because people and they're upset. This goes back to me boring this year, although I think there's a lot of exciting stuff happening there, at least interesting stuff happening there on the clips that I've found on Twitter and elsewhere. But it's it's to it's to bore you. They, they, they're only upset because people are paying attention. They're only upset. They're only, and then they have their their allies in the media who will push this message for them about conspiracy theories, about uh, Glenn Beck and about the Great Reset book that uh, Justin co-wrote with him and Donnie did a lot of research on. For um, they're doing this for a couple of reasons. Um, well, one, one when you when you start talking about conspiracy theories, you know they do crop up from time to time, and they don't crop up in a vacuum. They crop up when there is a when there's a lack of trust in our media and our institutions mm -hmm. and our media and our institutions have completely destroyed any reason to trust them over the last, well, I would say go all the way back to the 2016 election, but peddling actual conspiracies like the Russian collusion hoax, like, uh, well, like let's just say certain 
medicines for certain viruses <laughs> already, already too far are, already, are, too, already far. too far <laughs> are actually safe and effective and work all the time and that there are no downsides to it i mean they our institutions of media have completely destroyed that credibility so when you have no trust when there is when you can't trust what you're being told by your authorities you start to move in your mind a better and real explanation because the explanations are getting out of your media and media and uh, institutions is bullshit it, it's always been bullshit and you just have a BS detector. And so you start to think about your own ideas, but um, they, but they also call it a conspiracy theory, even though, again, you're just repeating what they said. You're reading things on their website and it's a signal to the normies out there, not guys like us and the listeners to this podcast and those who watch on YouTube who are really into these topics and, and, and research them and read about them all the time and talk about them amongst ourselves and with friends. They're trying to signal to the normies that, oh my God, if you're listening to anything those people are saying, you're in the out group. You know, you sh you really should be socially ostracized because that's wacky conspiracy theory stuff. Actually mm. reading what Klaus Schwab says or actually playing a clip from Klaus Schwab. That's conspiracy theory stuff. And so it's very effective. That's why they use it, because it it gets normal people who have lives that don't involve uh, exploring and researching these sorts of things. A reason to just never pay attention. And that's what they want. The only thing they're mad about, if they're even mad, you know, I think they're so they're so powerful. They really don't really feel any threats. Um, but if they're feeling any anything at all, it's because people are starting to pay attention. These people just can't keep their mouth shut. You right. know, it, you know, they, they should be saying a lot of they shouldn't be saying all these silent parts, the quiet parts out loud, but they just keep doing it. And the only thing they're upset about is that people are starting to pay attention. And it's because of uh, the book, The Great Reset, the work that Glenn Beck and Justin Haskins and you, Donnie, have done and the work of the Heartland Institute and others. And, yeah, you see a lot of momentum and a lot of people talking about all of this now that they weren't talking about it two years ago. And I'd hope they're starting to get the people at the World Economic Forum just a smidge worried. Yeah, yeah. And to further support my take, I referenced a couple of more articles that I've seen over the past couple of weeks and, and, and months. And, and one was just recently. It's an article from Yahoo titled Larry Fink, who's the head of BlackRock, says ESG narrative is become ugly and personal. That was the that was the headline in it. Fink bemoans the fact that uh, the plans of reshaping the economy and society by extension has gotten so much negative attention. Or how about the stories that Justin, you and I have talked about a whole bunch of times where the, the World Economic Forum started to run away from a term that they created, the Great Reset, and even published an apology video about it. It's like one of our favorite things online. I really think the World Economic Forum and advocates of ESG thrived in the shadows and like under the radar. And, and they set up all this infrastructure without anybody giving it a second look. And now, like Jim was saying, this story is blown wide open. ESG and the World Economic Forum, Great Reset have be become common terms in the conservative lexicon. And I think the Davos crowd is reeling because of this. And like I said, my theory is that this whole conference was like, eh, don't pay attention to us. We're not that important. Justin, any further comments on this uh, facet of the conversation? Yeah, I mean, I think that the reason they get so upset, and, 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 I, actually, and I actually do think that there is something there is some truth to this in a very delusional way. The reason that they get so upset is because I really truly believe that not all, but a, a, a you know, sizable number of people who are involved in all of this um, believe that they are part of saving the world. They do believe that if you just gave them more power and authority over people's lives, like, everything would be so much better. We would all be better off. You know, we're the, we, we just need to, it trust them, trust them with the power and authority. They're not going to abuse it. Don't worry. They're not bad guys. It's sort of this like benevolent dictator kind of mentality of like, you know, I'm a, yeah. Okay. We have a lot of power. All right. Yeah. But we're good guys. So like, don't, don't get mad at us because we have a lot of power. We're doing good things with it. Like that's yeah. the idea. So then when people say, Hey, you guys are controlling society. You want to control society. You want to micromanage everything. You have this ESG thing. You want to destroy whole industries and businesses. And you want to determine what people can say and can't say online. And you want to, uh, you know, call certain kinds of political and ideological and religious speech, hate speech. And you want to, you know, to, uh, control what people can talk about in terms of healthcare and all this, all this stuff, right? Uh, we look at all that and say, that's terrible. 
and they look they look at those same things, the exact same things. And, and I don't think they actually dispute a lot of it. I think they actually say, well, yeah, but it's only the bad stuff that we want to ban. So <laughs> don't worry about it. We're not gonna, we're not gonna actually, you know, stop the good guys from talking online, or we're not going to stop, you know, really good speech, just hate speech. We're not going to, you know, we're not gonna do any, we're not gonna get rid of products and services that are good for the world, just things that are bad for the planet. Like that's all we're going to do. And so they can't, I actually think there is a part of them that is like just totally bewildered by this. Like, don't you want us to be good guys? Like, aren't you happy that we're benevolent and not, we could be bad dictators. You know, we have a lot of power. <laughs> we could be that we're not obviously, you know, and, and that's, that's just, they just don't get it. I, I truly think that they just don't understand that freedom in and of itself has value. Like they don't see it that way. Yeah. They think that freedom only has value when it is used for certain things. And then in other cases, it's not valuable. It's actually bad. And, and, and you can see this when you read uh, some of Klaus Schwab stuff. We've talked about this before. And I think we've put it in some of the books. I don't know if it's in the upcoming one or in the last one, but, um, where Klaus Schwab talks about this sort of neoliberalism that's just selfishness. Mm. And it's just, it's selfishness, this neoliberalism. And neoliberalism to him means free markets. Neo meaning new, free market movement. And he, and he attacks Milton Friedman and he, and he just, he doesn't like free markets. And he thinks that it just absolutely total free market capitalism is bad for the world and it's selfish. And I think they really do see it that way. And so for people like us who say, well, you're trying to control my life it, to them, it's like, well, yeah, but in a good way. And, right. and they can't see, they just can't see it. They can't imagine why we wouldn't be happy that they're benevolent dictators and not Vladimir Putin. Sure. And it's just, a, it's because they live in a different universe. Yeah. There, so there, there's, all of this isn't to say that there isn't anything that's like uh, uh, noteworthy that's going on in Davos, because there are uh, several things that we need to talk about. But first, we can't pass up an opportunity to make fun of John Kerry, right? I mean, we we have a clip of we have a clip of John Kerry that uh, him making a fool of himself again. I mean, this is like a, a tradition of of Davos is John Kerry putting a foot in his mouth. So, if we have that clip, let's tee that one up. That would be fantastic to think about it it's pretty extraordinary that we select group of human beings because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives okay. are able to sit in a room and come together and uh, actually talk about saving the planet i mean it's so almost extraterrestrial to think about quote saving the planet if you said that to most people most people they think you're just a crazy tree-hugging lefty liberal, you know, do-gooder, whatever, and and there's no relationship. But really, that's where we are. You know what's so funny is you could tell from this clip and other ones that uh, we'll probably show is that he was put in like a like a back room where he was in a crowd, like a, in front of a crowd of like five people, which you could hear like one person laughing when, he's, when he says that. But I mean, we talk about the egos on these people, but comparing yourself to some extraterrestrial being, I mean, that seems to be a whole new level. Chris, well, uh, what, what are your... <laughs> I'm well, real, real quick before, well, hold fine, on before fine. Chris, Go one ahead. real quick thing. The it's interesting that he didn't use, I think in previous times they would have said God, but <laughs> since they don't probably believe in that, they just immediately go to aliens, which I think is like the next closest, most realistic possibility for them of like controlling the universe. But anyway, yeah. I just thought that was yeah, interesting so that choice of words. And to that comment that was just shown about like a, being a lizard, like he sticks his tongue out like so much. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna generate a whole nother conspiracy theory. So let's just not uh, let's not go there. Chris, uh, egos on these people. Comments. Uh, the egos are obviously you know outsized, but I think that there is a connection between Al Gore and John Kerry because both were rejected by the American people in their bids to become the president. And I think that they are very bitter about that. And I think that they hold the American people in contempt because they did not elect them to be the president, you know, in 2000 and in 2004. And they lost to George W. Bush 
So I think that there is a uh, uh, connection between those two as to why they are going to places like the World Economic Forum and saying, give us all the power, listen to us, shut up, and, and we will make everything great because they are still so angry over being rejected by the American people. Yeah, it's a consolation prize on the left. If you lose yep. being the president, uh, you get to be like a climate czar or something like that. That's the consolation prize. Uh, I could just see Klaus Schwab sitting there being like, I specifically told everyone not to say anything stupid this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim, I'm going to get to a... a but Donnie, a, but, Jim, but, but Klaus Schwab himself said that he wants to master the future and all these poly crises in his opening remarks. So true enough. Klaus true enough. is uh, definitely you know defying his own orders. Uh, Jim, I want to get to a uh, what I think is a very noteworthy story coming out of Davos. But uh, thoughts on—I I, got to give you thoughts on on John Kerry and, and his. You you probably have more to say about John Kerry than any of us. So uh, I want to give you opportunity to spike the football on that guy. Well, I mean, I won't say too much about it. I mean, the the clip kind of speaks for itself. I mean, but these people are are delusional, and I don't give them you know just because they they have these delusions of grandeur about themselves and their capabilities. I mean, this it's a parade of mediocrities. I mean, John <laughs> Kerry, are you serious? I mean, this guy is is smart enough to make global climate policy. <laughs> are you insane <laughs> to have that kind of sense of yourself? I mean, gosh, I'm almost jealous to have that much <laughs> self-confidence for crying out loud. But but they see themselves as like when he made the they see themselves as above us, literally, like extraterrestrials right. who have come to save the Earth from us stupid, um, you know, useless eating mouth breathers, you know, right. that are ruining this planet. Only they, they, the elite, the smart, the people who fly in on a private jet and then get a helicopter to get there and then drive <laughs> another another 20 minutes in, in, in an SUV to lecture us on how we need to all change our lives to save the planet. Oh, my God. Thank you, John Kerry. Thank right. you for coming down from the heavens to 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 save us from ourselves and to save the world. They really are delusional. They believe this. Of course, it's complete nonsense. We're not destroying the earth. We don't need their help for crying out loud. And every single solution they have, by the way, just happens to involve taking all of your freedom away. The more freedom <laughs> they can take from you, the better the earth will be. The more we'll be able to save people. And like Justin said, they they just can't seem, if you give them the benefit of the doubt, if you don't put malign intent in their in their aims they they think they're doing what they can to save the planet um what, when Justin was talking I, I brought up it reminded me of a a, a famous quote uh, uh, james madison he said if men were angels no government would be necessary if angels were to govern men neither external nor internal controls on government would be necessary mm -hmm. so like an angel is an extraterrestrial, uh, technically. So these people really do see themselves as angels who should be governing us because men are not angels, but they are. And so that's the, so that, that, that at best benign dictatorship that, you know, once you do what you're told, I know you're going to resist because you hate you, you hate giving up, you know, the way you live your life because you enjoy yourself. You know, but once we once you get over that, you'll you'll believe me, it'll be better. Everyone's going to be right. better. Like you said, you'll own nothing and be happy. Uh, yeah. Well, says you, but I still have freedom and should be able to live the, the, the life the way I want to. And every time, it doesn't matter how, how uh, beneficent you think you are, every, every society that goes down this road ends in tyranny and death and misery. All of them. Every single one. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's a, a kind of a, an interesting story that I, I saw that came out of Davos. So let's put this in the uh, interesting things that did actually come out of Davos category. Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan, who is a huge proponent of ESG and everything, is very down with the Great Reset agenda. He's at Davos, and he had uh, this to say about the crazy ESG conspiracy and the, and the crazy notion about resetting the economy. Crazy stuff, everybody. Uh -huh. CNBC headline, Bank of America CEO says new ESG rules are needed to reboot capitalism. I mean, come on, folks. <laughs> this is, <laughs> we are in like absolute absurd clown world at this point. Whoops. Uh, he said Wednesday that current efforts to produce a set of official global standards on ESG issues were vital to, quote, align capitalism with what society wants from it. And by society, he means the elites that are uh, at Davos right now. So uh, I'm reading from the article asked by CNBC's Karen So. 
at the World Economic Forum in Davos, uh, whether stakeholder capitalism needs a reboot through the creation of common standards for corporate disclosures. Moynihan said he was converted to the idea after seeing hundreds of companies sign up to the UN Sustainability Development Goals in 2017, followed by ongoing debate over what concepts like sustainability actually mean and accusations of greenwashing. So basically, it wasn't it wasn't enough for all these people to sign on to these toothless deals that they're going to be more green and, and care about the future or whatever. No, no, no. We need mandates now. That's what Moynihan is saying. It says Moynihan also said it was crucial that sustainability and ethical standards became official and global. But with standardized cross-jurisdiction rules that are part of companies' annual reports and audited, he continued, quote, then frankly, an investment manager, a consumer, society, others can sit there and say, here's a line that is acceptable, and you're either above that line or you're below that line. If you're below it, we shouldn't do business with you. And if you're above it, tell us uh, how you're making progress along these important things. So, I mean, that's as clear as you can state it. You don't need conspiracy theories. You don't need to read between the lines. He is basically saying ESG needs to be globalized throughout the, the entire world, standardized throughout the entire world, and that uh, that score, if you're above or below whatever score we determine, then we, you shouldn't be able to do business. Like, that. that's the conspiracy. That is the whole point of the uh, the Great Reset book that uh, you know we've brought up a couple of times during this. This is not a conspiracy at all. This he's directly saying this. We're just quoting him. So so Justin Justin, I thought this was an incredible article. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's amazing that he's you know admitting it. I kind of thought that um, they would be a little bit uh, more careful in light in the wake of the Great Reset and everything that happened. But you know. They they Whoops. they just don't know how to be. Yeah, they, I don't think they know how to be. But if you go back to uh, for those of us for those uh, listeners and and people who've been watching you for a while, they might remember that Brian Moynihan uh, was one of the key figures in developing the World Economic Forum's ESG official ESG metrics, which they released the first draft of that back in. Uh, early 2020, I believe. And then the final draft was released in September of 2020 uh, toward common metrics ESG. If you Google that, you'll, you'll find those for the, at the WEF's website. Um, and, and they stated very plainly that one of the reasons why the World Economic Forum was developing its own set of ESG metrics is because so many ESG metric systems existed out in the world. And it was creating all kinds of problems and confusion and corporations were complaining, you know, how are we supposed to keep up with all these different metrics? There's too many and our ESG departments are flooded with metrics. What do we do? And so the answer is have one system of global metrics, right? That makes sense. And so this is only the, nat this is the natural evolution. Right. If you're going to have a system, a social credit scoring system, there can't be 50 <laughs> that doesn't work. There has to be one, right? right? And so it's just, a, it was just a matter of time before you start. And, and I don't think this, I think it's just the beginning. We're going to see lots and lots and lots of other CEOs say, yeah, yeah, of course. One system, one set of metrics. We can't have a million sets of metrics. And at some point in time, naturally, you're going to then have to say, okay, well, if we're only going to have one set of metrics, we all have to agree on what those metrics are. Someone has to be the one that's going to determine what those metrics are. And if you start to have governments in create ESG metrics that are mandatory, that has to be included in whatever that system is. Otherwise, you don't have one system. And so we're headed toward a world where there is going to be a mandatory ESG system in, in the West, for sure. And it is going to be basically one system. And Canada and the United States and Europe will all have one system or something close to it. And it's going to be determined by government with right. help from corporations. That is going to happen. The, the European Union, as we've, we've uh, uh, you know, I, when I was on, on Glenn Beck's show last week, we talked about this on the air. Uh, the European Union has, uh, is on the verge of passing a mandatory ESG system, mandatory from government. And so it's only a matter of time before that one system that Brian Moynihan is talking about is 
some sort of quasi-European ESG American system. It's going to be mandatory. It's going to be from government. And we're all going to be forced to live under it. And supposedly, this is the free market. This is just capitalism. And and, and yeah. obviously, it's not. But it doesn't matter to these people because they're not really interested in, in free markets. They're not really interested in what consumers want. They're interested in what they want. Yeah, Chris, I, I thought this was a conspiracy theory. I mean, is the Bank of uh, America CEO uh, wearing tinfoil hats and watching too much Alex Jones? I mean, someone's got to someone's got to set him straight, right? This isn't real. What do you think? Well, unfortunately, I am a uh, Bank of America customer, and oh, no. I know I know all too well about their ESG priorities because a couple of years ago they started sending me documents in the mail saying. Mr. Talgo, your uh, you know investment portfolio was not ESG friendly enough. Please, 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 like do 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 stuff. Uh, okay, so I agree with Justin that yes, a uh, one size fits all <clears throat> uh, ESG system is probably coming down the bike, and I think a lot of that also has to do with uh, these multinational corporations, especially in America, that have sold out uh, their own country in order to do business in China and in Europe. And if, if a lot of these big you know uh, international corporations based in the United States actually would put their foot down. And if they had, you know, the support of the U.S. government, which obviously they don't now with the current administration, I think that the entire thing could fall apart because the United States still to this day is the economic, you know, powerhouse, you know, around the world. But mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, and you know, uh, there's many reasons I'm sure. A lot of the uh, big CEOs, whether it's you know Mark Binoff or Brian Moynihan, I mean, we can go on and on. They are pushing this stuff, you know, across the board. So. Unless there is a, a organic pushback, either from the American people or from American based corporations, I agree with Justin. You know, we're probably going to see a universal ESG system uh, sooner rather than later. And I think that that would be a disaster. And I think that that would probably spell the end of free market capitalism as we currently know it. Jim, do you have anything to add to this or do you want first swipe at the next uh, first topic? Let's move on. All right. Uh, there is not enough time to get to everything that I have on my list. I have an article here that is a exclusive to StoppingSocialism.com. It is titled Klaus Schwab Time Maybe Almost Up. And it's uh, basically there's pressure going on inside the World Economic Forum to oust Klaus Schwab as the leader. Um, so read that. There's a bunch of interesting quotes. Maybe we'll do a separate video just on that topic. But you can go to StoppingSocialism.com to check that one out. Uh, there's another clip that I want to play here, and it is from the UN, I think it's General Secretary Antonio Gutierrez. It's during a presentation about disinformation and social media, and he reveals something that uh, you are going to hear Justin and I talk a lot about in the coming months. So let's go ahead and play that clip number one from him, and if you want to start it at the 55-second mark, it'd be great. A, a, a man bites a dog. The, the algorithms and the business model of social media are constructed in such a way that they tend to expand the, um, uh, I would say, oh, yes. the, the, the information, the positions, the ideas that are more extreme, that are more controversial, that create more trouble. And so I think it's, and it's not a question of censorship that will solve the problem. The question is, the business model needs to be redesigned. The algorithms need to be redesigned in order not to be based on evil to make profit. Yeah, uh, you can go ahead and stop such it a right good there. point. You know when. Uh... So, so this is a snapshot of a much much larger thing that I that uh, you are going to hear Justin and I talk about a lot more in the coming months, and that's this idea that technology has to be controlled. It's not good enough that social media algorithms are designed to drive as much traffic and inter interaction as possible. No, 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 no. They have to be specifically designed to promote the right information. Think of it like embedding ESG directly into the foundations of technology. But uh, Jim, you are patient, so I'll give you first swing at this. Uh, this You found this clip, actually. It was your suggestion to play this. I, I did. And it just it's a window into the mindset, which we talk about a lot on this podcast, and it's that, you know, these these powerful global leaders and let's not again, let's not kid ourselves. This isn't just um, these people aren't just hanging around, um, you know, this isn't just a bull session where they try to imagine a better world. 
they're meeting to plan and execute what they see as a quote unquote better world. So that's why this stuff matters. And that's not a conspiracy theory. That's why they are there. Uh, that's why I mean, even Governor Pritzker here in Illinois is over there for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, it's a scary, scary thought anyway. <laughs> but 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 they but what worries them is technology. Right. And so they you're only in their ideal situation because we we're, they're in a big hurry. They're in a big hurry to fix the world and to save the world. And the things standing in their way are freedom oriented people. So they want algorithms to, as he said, uh, not be, uh, what is it, aimed toward evil or like allowing evil to happen. Radicalism. Radicalism. Yeah. Well, they define as disinformation or radicalism or dangerous any speech that doesn't exactly agree with them. Mm -hmm. You're not you're not actually it's not disinformation to read what Klaus Schwab says and say it on a podcast. It's not disinformation or dangerous to disagree with them, but they think it is. And they and they're demanding. In fact, they've seen how it can work. They just had, you just have to look at the 2020 election here in the United States. Our social media companies were in league with the government of the United States and uh, you might call it the deep state and the Democratic Party to suppress any news or I should say one big news story that could have hurt uh, Joe Biden's chances of winning in 2020. So they know and see that it can work. And they're worried. Again, Elon Musk was invited to WEF. He did not go to Davos. He decided that he thought it was all silly and dumb, so he wasn't going. But they're seeing what he's doing with Twitter and allowing people to actually speak. Freedom and free speech is a huge threat to their entire agenda. And that's why they need to have it controlled. Yeah, hey, Danny, just just one one quick thing to add to that. So Elon Musk, you know, thank thank God he didn't go to uh, Davos for this, but he did uh, give us a poll on Twitter, and guess what? Uh, he basically asked a very simple question: Should the World Economic Forum control the world? Uh, more more than two point five million people voted, and eighty six percent said no. Yeah, thank you, other, Elon Musk. And the other fourteen percent just tried to like you know troll troll him by voting yes. But but Justin, when I saw that clip and the idea of these algorithms need to be redesigned to make sure the right information was uh, was pushed forward, this made me think of the stuff that we're currently working on. And surely you don't want to give away everything about it. But uh, does this clip stand out to you the same way that it stood out to me? Yeah, there, there is a movement within the World Economic Forum to redesign the future, create a new blueprint for humanity. These are the kinds of direct quotes that you'll see. Um, and through technology and through transforming technology, and, and not just the technology of today, but especially the technology of the future, in such a way that it has ESG principles embedded in it from the very beginning so that you don't have to worry about having another out of control internet because from right. their perspective that's how they see the internet they think it's just totally out of control it's the wild <laughs> wild west there's way too much freedom on the internet that's what they would say and all these horrible things happen on the internet because we don't have enough control over it so we can't allow this to happen in say the metaverse or with artificial intelligence or with cryptocurrencies or with whatever that's mm -hmm. going to continue to develop over time. We have to embed these new technologies with ESG principles from the ground up so that they are diverse and equitable and fair. And as the, the head of the United Nations, Antonio Guterres said there, not evil, right? That's right. what we need. And notice that the man at the very end of the clip just sort of said like a, you know, an amen, like, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. We need to do this or whatever. He said it was a strong affirmation. That guy is Borge Brende. He's the president of the world economic forum. Okay. Mm. So here you have the president of the world economic forum and you have, uh, the head of the United nations at one of the most powerful, influential gatherings of elites in the world saying, you know, we gotta, we gotta put rules on all technology right and nobody's gonna pay attention to that right i mean no, it's a conspiracy theory if you take them seriously yeah it's a conspiracy it's theory if you take them seriously it's it's a it's amazing these are not just people they're not just some random guys like us right like these are this is the head of the united <laughs> nations talking to the head of the world economic forum in front of the you know how many world leaders heads of state are going to davos this year it's like more than 50 so this is like the heads of corporations, multi-billionaires, head of BlackRock, 
all the heads of central banks, all the most powerful corporations, the most powerful wealthy people in the world, all in one room. And you've got the head of the United Nations saying to the head of the World Economic Forum, you know, we got to put rules on all this stuff and we got to be the ones that design it and we can't allow evil to proliferate in technology and we got to just rewrite the algorithms so that people aren't allowed to say whatever they want on social media and right. the rest of the media is just not, just going to totally ignore it as if something like that never happened. It's yep. It's incredible. Yeah, no, it's absolutely incredible. We are about 30 seconds away from our hour mark. Chris, uh, Jim, any other last words of wisdom or anything you want to get off your chest before we wrap up this week's show? Well, I had a clip of Brian Stelter uh, that we were no, going to well, play. Thank we God didn't we have a chance for that. <laughs> yeah, we don't have time for that. It was it was great. I'll, I'll just say, you know, it looks like he's been stress eating since he got fired from CNN. So, uh, you know, I hope he can get himself in better oh. shape, you know, live a long life. That's right. Um, yeah, there, there was a bunch of other stuff in my notes that we didn't have time to get to, uh, this, this world economic forum, new initiative to help unlock $3 trillion needed, uh, per year for climate and nature. And, and this kind of ties into something that uh, Justin's been talking a lot about, uh, having to do with potential land grab issues and the 30% by 2030 thing. And stay tuned to stopping socialism tv maybe we'll cut a separate video just for that like i mentioned the klaus schwab being ousted from the world economic forum we might cut a video just for that so if you're not a subscriber to stopping socialism tv on youtube you should you can help us out by just doing a handful of things hitting the subscribe button sharing this content hitting the like button even leaving a comment under the video helps break through that big tech algorithm that prevents content like this from being shown to more people if you uh, would like, you can follow us on Twitter at In the Tank Pod. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for the show, feel free to email us at In the Tank Podcast at gmail.com. Jim Lakely, where can the fine people find you? At Jay Lakely on Twitter, at Heartland Inst on Twitter, and always visit heartland.org. Fantastic. Justin Haskins, same question. At Justin T. Haskins on every social media platform. Well, not everyone. I'm not on TikTok, but on most other social media <laughs> platforms. I could see you doing dances for TikTok. Maybe you should consider it. Chris Talgo. <laughs> Chris Talgo, what do you have to pitch today? Stoppingsocialism.com and Harlan.org. Lots and lots of great content up there, especially about the uh, World Economic Forum. Yes, we are planning on putting a lot of material out there. So if you're not a regular visitor to heartland.org or stoppingsocialism.com, make sure you make that part of your, uh, you know, looking online stuff. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. We will talk to you next week. I see the need for a great reset. <laughs>